your Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thanks for making Locked On Winnipeg Jets your first listen of the day. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. We're available wherever you want us. Tonight's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts a car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today and tell them Locked On sent you. On tonight's show, there are a couple of things to discuss. Uh, the first that we'll talk about is Blake Wheeler's new absence from the team and uh, what it will likely mean for the short and longer term because it sounds like Wheeler will miss quite a few games. And then after that, we're going to take a dive into Winnipeg versus Minnesota, kind of get some insight into how the teams have played, see if the Jets are able to cope without Wheeler, and hopefully get to discuss what will eventually become a win. I don't know if they're actually going to win yet. It's currently tied 3-3 heading into the third period. So still lots to play for. But first, let's talk about Wheeler. Um, unfortunately, our captain has in fact been diagnosed uh, with like a symptomatic form of COVID. This is not really great news for anyone. I think a lot of folks are, are certainly and rightfully worried about his health. Um, even though he is vaccinated, you can still suffer from very long-term impacts from COVID. So if Wheeler does come back, you know, he said he's expected to miss like four games or something like that. Honestly, if I'm him, I would just take as much time as I need. Even if I'm feeling like I could skate, you know, don't push it. This team has enough forward depth to kind of handle things. These guys know that, you know, when one player falls, another is willing to step up in his place. And the last thing that anyone wants to see is Blake push himself to the point where he's just not able to recover. And maybe, you know, this is like the most extreme case, but he has some kind of longer term health impact. I would hope that nothing like that is really on the cards, and maybe this is just a, a mild symptomatic case, but either way, whatever the captain needs, just take your time. You know, I, I think Blake understands that, you know, he doesn't really need to go out there and put himself through, you know, physical torture if he's not really ready to come back. The team can handle things. These guys are all professionals, and, you know, they're willing to step up in his place. For tonight's game against the Wild, it was actually Andrew Kopp filling in on the top line alongside Shifley and Connor. I'm going to review this line first before I talk about the game itself. I actually thought that these guys worked pretty well together. Um, we've seen Kopp with Shifley before, and usually it's not too bad. The only thing with Kopp is that his finishing maybe leaves a little bit to be desired sometimes. I, I tend to think that he's become less of like a defense-first forward, and he definitely does score quite a few points, especially uh, relative to the amount of time that he gets on the ice, but by the same token, you can kind of tell that he doesn't have like a lot of fancy stick work, he doesn't have like the world's strongest release, what he tends to rely on is really good offensive positioning and just sort of crashing the net. I think when he does that and sort of puts himself inside the slot area, that's when he can be really effective. But the biggest difference for this line is that, you know, Wheeler, while we do all love him and appreciate him, I mean, there's no getting around the fact that he's just gotten a lot older and he can't quite keep up. 
Shifley and Connor are two players who really rely on a rapid transition for counters and stuff, and Wheeler is just not fast enough to handle that. A lot of times, Blake is like a step or two behind the play, and Shifley and Connor try to compensate sometimes, but that line doesn't really have a lot of chemistry. If anything, I think it just proves that, you know, Wheeler does need to have a different role when he returns. I know that he wants to be one of the lead contributors for this team, but if he were willing to, like, move to a different line where there would maybe be a better fit for the speed of the game, maybe playing with, like, Stastny or Lowry or something, I honestly think it would work out for everyone. You know, every game Wheeler's playing, like, 20-plus minutes a night and, and sort of dragging himself up and down the ice, which I don't think is really the best way to use him. You know, when Wheeler has time and space to, to make really excellent passes and stuff, he can be a lethal distributor. It's just that when he's nearly gassed at the end of the shift and he has to make plays, none of that stuff really works. So, you know, I, I would permanently keep something like this around. It doesn't have to be cop on the first line. In fact, I'd probably look for another winger of some sort, say, like Nikolai Ehlers, maybe. I think Nick with Shifley and, uh, you know, Connor would be pretty darn brilliant. But of course, Maurice, for some reason, doesn't really seem as interested in giving Ehlers a lot of ice time. So we're just going to have to take what we can get. I do think that this line right now, as it is, is much improved, in part just because it's not being weighed down. I hate to say it, but unfortunately, Blake is kind of a liability at even strength, especially when he's playing on that top line unit. You know, those guys all defensively aren't great, so all their value needs to come inside the offensive zone and in transition from the neutral zone to the OZ, and, you know, right now it's not really happening. But tonight's line has been a lot more successful. They've been buzzing Cam Talbot in that they've had some really dangerous looks. Uh, Kyle Connor actually has a couple of goals. Shifley's almost scored. Cops almost scored. This line is just way more dangerous when it's a lot faster and not being held back physically. What I do expect, though, is that once, you know, Wheeler eventually comes back, he probably will go back onto that top line, which, you know, I, I love Blake, but I just feel like that's not the best place for him anymore. It used to be a couple of years ago. Nowadays, not so much. And I think the Jets kind of need to figure out a way to get him to agree with that and maybe accept a different role on like the second or third line. A lot of people are like, well, you just want him gone. And that's not really the case. I love Blake Wheeler, and I think he can actually be a very valuable player in the right role. It's just that role is not the one that he's currently occupying. If you take him off the first line, I think a lot of stuff will start to fix itself. Already, the team looks a lot faster, a lot more energetic, and, and generally capable of handling more offensive assignments. You know, when the first line isn't really clicking, and that's, you know, one of your most important lines, the rest of your team's really going to struggle, and it's going to be a stagnant game. So we'll continue to monitor the situation. Right now, the main focus is just for Wheeler to get healthy. We hope that his recovery is quick and certainly that he doesn't have any long-term impacts. COVID can be a really scary situation, and, uh, you know, we're all blessed that we're all, for the most part, very healthy, and uh, we're just hoping that Wheeler and hopefully his family, if they've been exposed, that they all, you know, recover, or maybe even in some cases, don't even catch it. We're all hoping for a speedy recovery for Wheeler, and hopefully he comes back stronger and faster than ever. In the meantime, though, the team has had to play without him, and in just a moment, we'll take a look at how the Jets are faring in their first game of the season without the captain. I've already spoiled a little bit, but don't get mad at me, I promise. I just needed to give some context for some of my commentary, so uh, we're actually going to take a little bit more of a deeper dive into the periods and some interesting thoughts on this game because, quite honestly, it's been very chaotic. Before we get any further, though, I thought you should hear a little bit about why BetOnline.ag should be the only place you do your online betting. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on for another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, 
BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Into another sport? No problem. BetOnline has your back with European football, soccer, NASCAR, MLS, MLB, NBA, every kind of sport imaginable is at your fingertips. Go to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device and sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From all your favorite sports right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the safest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. So start your winning path today. Sign up for a free account at betonline.ag and don't forget promo code LOCKEDON at registration. BetOnline, where the game starts. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV all together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract whatsoever. So get rid of that clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. Stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Go to DirecTV.com for more information. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. Thanks for making Locked on Jets your first listen of the day every day. We are now taking a look at Winnipeg versus Minnesota. I've talked a little bit about it already in, in more brief terms, specifically focusing on like the top line. This game, though, uh, if you missed it, you missed kind of a barn burner. I mean, this was just absolute chaos at both ends. Uh, Winnipeg actually started off things very aggressively, and it was like a very fast, kind of loose start. You could tell that both teams were a little bit cautious in some ways, um, insofar as like they didn't really know how to approach uh, counters and stuff. I felt like there were some decisions and hesitations. It was very fast and very disorganized, though. That I will say. I would say the caution is less so in taking shots and more in just guys looking a little bit panicky and not really knowing what the best decision and outlets to use were. And it ultimately led to a lot of chaotic action. And Winnipeg actually seized the lead first, thanks to Kyle Connor. Uh, there was like a Kadil Kaprizov um, near goal. It was actually a stunning move against Bolu that I think either was just saved or just missed wide. And then the puck goes back along the walls. The Jets send it back up the ice. And Kyle Connor just sort of beat Cam Talbot cleanly, I would say like near post. It's not a shot that usually beats a goalie that way. Uh, typically the, uh, the short side near post coverage is a lot stronger than that. Talbot, you know, traditionally has been a pretty good goaltender for the uh, for the Wild, but this time it just sort of leaked through him. And then just a couple minutes later, again, the Jets add a second one thanks to another Kyle Connor goal. This one was sort of like a busted play. The puck sort of deflected off into the middle of the slot. For some reason, Kyle Connor was the only one there. The other skaters were pre-engaged along the walls and nobody seemed to realize Kyle was kind of just hanging around, prowling around the slot area, and he just sort of slapped it home. Not a bad start at all if you're the Jets and you're looking for a big statement after a very disappointing road trip out on the Pacific Coast. Despite the good start, though, it wasn't all, you know, sunshine and roses. The Jets kind of conceded a couple of sloppier goals, one on the penalty kill, which we all know that the Jets don't really kill penalties. That just continues to be an issue for them. And then Matt Zuccarello also had a nice rebound opportunity that sort of just kind of slid to him and he slapped it home. I felt like Hellebuck wasn't looking entirely comfortable in the crease, and frankly, neither was uh, neither was Talbot. I mean, both goalies, a couple of times they were a little bit shaky. Um, I will say that the Jets actually had quite a few power play opportunities. It felt like, for some reason, Minnesota was just taking a lot of infractions. 
The Jets also conceded a couple of power plays, but not quite as bad as like the, the San Jose and Anaheim did backles. This time they actually killed some of the penalties. I guess that's a positive, although it felt like on a few of those opportunities, the Jets might have been a little more fortunate than anything. But either way, you kind of take it. And, and certainly the Jets heading into the, uh, the second period tied 2-2. It looked not too bad. The second frame was actually a little bit slower, I would say. I felt like, in general, the Jets had most of the run of play, but it was a pretty even affair. The, of course, the Wild ended up taking a penalty, and Josh Morrissey, who honestly needed a really big moment to start the season, ended up scoring the third goal. For some reason, they moved him onto the power play on the right face-off circle. That's usually where Blake Wheeler or somebody else like him would be. I don't 100% know about this change, but it's certainly better than having him man the point. If you have, like, Pionk up top, that tends to work out a lot better. Uh, Morrissey's just not really equipped to handle the point duty, so I feel like if you're going to make this change, whatever. It ended up panning out this time. I don't think that Morrissey's shot is usually, like, the world's most lethal release. You're mostly looking for, like, screened opportunities and stuff where he can maybe pick the corners. The vibes were good, though. I, I, I felt like uh, Morrissey was happy. I was happy for him. He's definitely needed that after a uh, tough year or so, and it was nice to see his body language looked a lot more positive. But of course, uh, as the period wore on, you could kind of feel like Minnesota at some point might threaten to tie it because, again, Hellebuck looked like he was being tested, and at times the Jets' D were sort of falling asleep. And then, you know, towards the end of the period, the Jets really kind of slipped up and, and let a really ugly goal from uh, Matt Zuccarello sort of deflect off of a failed Hellebuck clearance attempt. And from there, it was like Minnesota just seemed to flip a switch while the Jets kind of flipped off. And I don't really understand why the Jets kind of do this at the end of periods. If you have a lead and you sort of need to see it out, you can't really afford to just stop skating or allow the opponents to start finding space and opportunities. So, yeah, not not a great moment. Um, I will say that it kind of fits the vibe of the game and it being really chaotic and very uh, intense, very high energy. A lot of stuff going on, chaos at both ends. It's just, if the Jets do this throughout the rest of the season, it's not going to end in as many victories as they're hoping for. One thing they've had trouble with in the past is seeing out wins, and I think that that is going to continue to be an issue as they go through the season. Hopefully they can find more ways to close it out and, and get the deal done, because if they start to really click offensively and they can see out games like this, that'd be fantastic. Winnipeg would be in really good straits to find themselves in a playoff spot. After two periods, the 3-3 uh, the scoreline ended up holding, and the Jets now found themselves with a very big third period. I was kind of curious to know how they would respond. It had been a fun affair up until then. I was hoping, though, that somehow the Jets would find a way to victory. We'll take a look at what transpired in period number three in just a moment. Before then, though, I thought you should hear a little bit about why rockauto.com should be the only place you buy your auto parts. There are literally thousands and thousands of vehicles out there, and it's really hard for auto parts stores to keep up stocking parts, accoutrements, and everything in between. You might stand in line for 15, 20, maybe even 30 minutes waiting for your chance to buy the part that you need, and you find out they don't even have it in stock. If you want to save time and money, then just go to rockauto.com instead. They're a family-run business with over 20 years of experience in the automotive industry. Their easy-to-use intuitive website allows you to sort by make, year, and model of your vehicle, and then set a price range filter so you'll always get the parts that you need at the prices you want. Whether you need a new engine control module or a floor mat replacement, rockauto.com is sure to have what you need in stock. And best of all, you could save anywhere from 20, 30, even 50% off retail brick-and-mortar in-store pricing. So why shop anywhere else? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Hello friends and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are wrapping up our coverage of Minnesota versus Winnipeg and uh, wow, 
Um, if you watch the third period, you saw a lot. You saw a lot. Uh, so the Jets kind of thought that things were going okay. They got a nice late power play. Pierre-Luc Dubois scored a beautiful snipe. And then, to make things even more fun, Andrew Kopp led a two-on-one rush and sniped a fifth goal to make it 5-3. Up until that point, Winnipeg was aggressive. They were playing quality hockey. They were conceding some chances to the Wild who were chasing, but obviously, you know, you, you, you kind of take that a little bit. With this team, you sort of have to understand that, yeah, you're going to be giving up opportunities and you, you kind of need to work around that. So the Jets then making the decision to stop playing after that fifth goal was kind of alarming. Winnipeg apparently thought that this would be a sealed sign and delivered win and instead found themselves uh, really flirting with danger. And then Minnesota clawed back a fourth goal on the power play thanks to Marcus Foligno, which gave everyone a scare in the final couple of minutes. And then, you know, the Jets thought that they had a nice empty net goal. I thought Mark Shifley had scored. It was going to be 6-4, but then, you know, Minnesota challenges it. Turns out Kyle Connor just lazily drifted offside, which kind of nullified the opportunity. And uh, on the ensuing, like, 20 seconds of play, Matt Zuccarello, or I think it was, like, deflected a puck off of himself or something and into the net. Minnesota then forces OT, gets a power play in said overtime period, and then scores and wins. I don't know if I have seen a funnier and more distressing way for a team to blow a 5-3 lead. It basically had everything. I mean, this is... For me, this is like the Jets experience of the last several years. No matter how good Winnipeg plays or what they do, inevitably you just see them really struggle to either close down games or win them in consistently repeatable ways. I know that people will say, oh, they've made the playoffs for the past couple of years. They're they're a decent team. You know, they've been good. They've scored goals. Uh, their power play is dangerous. Well, maybe in certain areas, yes. But the more you look at it, the more you realize that so much success has been driven by Connor Hellebuck. And in tonight's game, Hellebuck the first couple of periods a little bit shaky. Hellebuck in the third and beyond, I thought he was great. But to see the team completely collapse and fall apart late in this game was honestly just, uh, you know, it was funny. I laughed a lot. I, I will admit I did laugh because what else can I even do? I mean, it's just, this is kind of the Jets. Uh, but I think it was also just really disappointing. You know, the Jets put themselves in a good spot for a bounce back win. And instead, they basically blew away an extra point. Why this team just does this, it's it's baffling, and it comes down to some coaching decisions that were made. For some reason, you know, Shifley's unit went back out there in extra time, and, and certainly uh, with the, the goalie pulled for Minnesota, and we know that those guys don't really defend leads. Use your more defensive-oriented forwards. Use your, you know, your Lowry's and your cops and stuff. Don't use Shifley, Connor. Those guys don't really defend at all. Heck, if you really have to, use Riley Nash, but for some reason they didn't do that, and then, you know, the Jets ended up losing, and it was a, a very disappointing game. I feel like this was very deserved, though, with how the Jets kind of went about their, their pre-game decision-making, the in-game adjustments, the lineups, all of that stuff I just I wasn't really impressed with. Nate Beaulieu, who was brought in to be a 7th defender, only played like 5 minutes. Evgeny Svechnikov can't have had more than like 7 or 8 minutes tonight either. What is the point of even, like, putting them on the roster if you're literally not going to play them? Cole Perfetti was sitting there on the bench and could have been a really valuable player for this game, and instead, you know, the Jets just didn't use him. All in all, I mean, hey, you know, what, what can I even say? I was expecting a loss. I thought, you know, maybe they'd come out and play well but still lose. And they did kind of do that, but then they stopped playing at a certain point and the, uh, the Wild punished them. Uh, you know, I don't know why the Jets constantly do this or why they put us through this, but honestly, I'm just... I'm not even, like, sad or angry or upset. 
think I'm just tired of it. You know, it feels like Winnipeg continually goes through these cycles and until the coaching staff changes or the changes made for them, I just don't really see how this team is ever going to truly improve. On paper, they've improved the defense, but but you saw numerous times tonight, it didn't really matter. Brendan Dillon, I wasn't really impressed with. Nate Schmidt with Morrissey wasn't all that great. And then you've got Logan Stanley and DeMello together, which not a bad pairing, but also not really spectacular. So I, I just don't know. I'm, I think I'm running out of answers for this team. And, you know, there's a lot of season left, but the problems that they've been suffering and going through are things that are continually year in and year out issues with the Jets. It is what it is, and I'm sure I'll have some more thoughts after I stew over it for tomorrow's episode, but for tonight, that is going to do it. Thanks for making Locked On Winnipeg Jets your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Scott Cullen leans on his decades of fantasy hockey insight and experience every day to help you be the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available on all your favorite podcasting platforms. As always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go.